0: Right now we're continuing our message series following as we talk about our defining mark in life. You know, what would you really say defines you in your own journey? You know, the reality is this. What comes out of us defines us. Your attitude, your actions, your words, all that defines who you are. So when you look at the normalcy of who you are, what comes out of you? What do you project? What defines you? Even more deeper than that, what do you really want to define you? I think in the back of our minds, we all have something It's like, I want to be a better person this way. I want to respond better this way. When people see me, I hope that they see this. What is it? You know, what really defines you? And do you feel you're matching up to this? Because as followers of Jesus, our defining mark is love. That's what it's all about. Jesus said, they will know you are followers of me by your love. So I guess that bridges a very important question. How well are we representing love? What does that mean for us personally and collectively? And is that really my defining mark? You even get more personal with it and more real with it what is love you know we've talked about this before in the past of trying to define what love is and we can't really say we are God's love in this world if we really have no idea what love is really all about you know in its most basic understanding love is like a three-sided triangle it needs all three parts equally defined and represented in our life in order for love to be revealed, in order for love to be experienced, and for love to be expressed. And those components that we should have in our life that represents love first starts with passion. Passion is that sensation that draws you in. It's that excitement. It's that thing that motivates you. It, it, gets, up, it gets you up in the morning. It moves you. But here's the reality. Here. Passion always fades. Fades. So often when I'm counseling married couples and they're saying they have trouble and they just don't love each other anymore, as I ask more questions what I really find out is the reality is this, it's not that love faded, passion faded and they represented and they believed that love was all about passion. And we live in a world that's taught us to believe that love is all about passion. It's in the movies that we see. It's in the books we read about. It's all centered around passion. And when that passion fades, we think love is gone. And then we lost the reality of what love really is because that is just one part of love. in the same way as in our relationship with Jesus. You know we've all started in some parts of our journey excited and fired up for Jesus maybe you went to a revival maybe you went to some special conference or or you or you had a special experience in one of our worship services and you just felt I'm on fire for Jesus that's the passion that's good but if you try to ride on your passion only eventually it's gonna fade and you're not gonna have much of a faith because you've lost the other elements of love you see the other parts of love is intimacy Intimacy is such a crucial part in our love experience and expressing love and in experiencing love. Intimacy is that heart-to-heart connection, that transparency, that authenticity. Authentic, I'm losing my ability to even say that word. Authenticity, there we go. Intimacy is the ability to be known and to know. So I guess in your relationships that you have here on Earth, and your relationships with God, the Heavenly Father, the creator of everything that is, how well would you say I'm in a relationship where I am known and I know? Because that's intimacy. And at some level for passion to move deeper, for love to grow deeper beyond passion, you need to embark in the journey of intimacy. And that involves transparency and authenticity and just being real, you being real with God and allowing him to be real with you and you being real with others and the final part the base of that triangle is commitment commitment is that thing that when passion does fade and it will when passion does fade commitment says even though the passion may not be there like it used to be I am still going to walk forward. I am still going to make the right choice. I'm still going to strive to do the right thing. I will still strive to do what honors you in this relationship. That is love. Those are the three components that are needed for love to be revealed and to be experienced in any relationship. You see, ultimately, the key components of love remind us that love is an experience. Love is an experience that we all need to have. You know, one of our catchphrases here at Impact is that we want to let God love us and love others through us. But have you ever really thought about that on a deeper level? What that really means to allow God to love us and to allow him to love others through us? You know, to really think about that on a deeper level, we have to deal with some honest questions that I bet we've all asked internally, but maybe we've never really verbalized in our life or with other people. I mean, have you really ever experienced God's love? How have you experienced God's love? Or maybe some of you are sitting here right now or watching online. You're saying, Bill, I'm going to be real with you. I never felt or experienced God's love in my life. And I'm just struggling with that. I think that's a valid question. It's a valid question I think we all work through. We all have to deal with. We all have to wrestle with. And that is, what if I've never really experienced God's love? Or what if maybe at one point I did? I had a good, passionate moment in a worship service or a convention or something. But now in this moment, I'm just honest, I don't really experience His love anymore. What if we can't really see the good things that we experience in our lives. Maybe we're praying for something endlessly and that prayer just seems to go unanswered year after year after year. Or we're dealing with a senseless tragedy that just challenges us and challenges us in our ability to truly see God's love and action. And the reality of all these questions is this is where faith comes in. This is where faith jumps in. This is the level of commitment. You know, have you ever seen the classic movie Miracle on 34th Street? I mean, it's probably one of those movies that maybe you watch as we get into the holiday season. And there's this young girl that's being led to believe that Santa Claus just is not real. But then there's this character, Fred Gailey, who shares with this young girl in her pursuit of Santa Claus this very important line that I think is very important in our faith journey. That is, faith is believing in something when common sense tells you not to. You see, I think we live in a world that constantly tells us this is common sense. This is what you should li- believe because this is the way you feel. And then when common sense just does not match up with what, we're t- what we think we believe, there's a, sh- there's a crisis in our faith. And I think so many of us have faith crises because common sense doesn't seem to match up with what we believe. And I think we go both sides. You know, people in the Christian world will say, boy it's just common sense don't you see God working when those outside the church say the same thing it's just common sense this is the way the world's going don't you see this and it's a clash of what we say is common sense but that's where faith has to come in faith is believing something when common sense tells you doesn't make sense you know this is the heart of the human nature struggle that began in the garden that we talked about a few weeks ago like when God, when the devil tried to trick Adam and Eve, saying God's holding out on you. I think that's what we wrestle with, in this battle within our heart of what is common sense, what is it I believe, and it all goes back to that basic question: Who is God? And have I experienced His love? You know, these questions are imperative, and we all have a tendency to not trust God's love for us because of our belief system or what we may feel in the moment and how do we feel how do we deal with this is a crucial question and i think it comes down to even a more important question not what do you believe what do you want to believe i think that's the heart of our struggle is because of what we feel we transfer what we believe to what we want to believe and make that our truth I mean, do you really want to trust your, what, your gut, your feelings, what you think you know that could lead you into a world of crisis? We trust the creator of everything that is. Can't you say if you struggle with experiencing God's love, here's a path that I feel will guide you towards experiencing his love more and more. And before we even jump into the scriptures, I think this is important for us to, to deal with. And I'll jump through these a little quickly. You know, first of all, I think the the first step that we need to take in order to truly experience God's love, if you're struggling with experiencing his love in your life, is you need to make a a conscious effort and and decision to trust. You know, I think so often, I think we walk in our journey and and is, I'm going to wait to trust him. When he shows himself to me more, then I will trust him. When he answers this question, then I will trust him. But the Bible reveals something differently. God reveals himself more the more we take a step towards him. And at some point in our journey, we need to decide, I will trust you. And if you're struggling with experiencing God's love in your life, you're probably struggling with it because at some point you need to make that conscious decision I will trust you. This is super important in our journey because our feelings are so fickle and they can be tossed around with so many different factors. And as important as feelings are in our lives, if you don't submit your feelings to the Creator, then your whole life is going to be in chaos. It will. Maybe not now, but eventually it will. You need to commit and decide, well, I'm going to trust you. And then beyond that, you need to pray. Have a real relationship. It's really hard to believe in someone's love if you don't cultivate a relationship with that person or that being. You know, it's really hard to say, God, I want to experience your love, but I am doing absolutely nothing to cultivate a relationship with you. You know, it's so important for us to to spend time just to talk into God. And praying is more than just pouring out our list of our desires and our wish lists and our demands. Praying involves sharing and listening. It involves talking to God and then for us just closing our mouths, being still and knowing that he is God. Listening to him. Because so often we don't listen to him because we pray, we throw out our demands, and we quickly go on with our life and we never just pause, God, I need to hear you. I talk to you and now it's my turn to listen. Spend time sharing and also spend time listening. And engage in biblical focuses or surroundings. You know, we need to be honest with ourselves that we live in a very postmodern or post-Christian society that pushes God and faith in so many different ways, try to push it out of our life. And the news highlights the ugliest side of human nature. Entertainment, movies, and music, all they do is glorify sin. It's no accident whatsoever because the prince of this world, as Jesus describes him, the devil wants us to focus on evil and to challenge our faith away from God. And so he's going to make everything we do and surround ourselves with opposite it from the heart of God. Unless we do something to counter that, we risk being the devil's just uh, play toy and chew toy throughout our life. And we need to take time each day to spend in spiritual focus, whether we're reading God's word, whether we're listening to Christian music, whatever it may be. Because if we don't, it will destroy us. Even if it's 10 minutes, take 10 minutes to turn on some Christian music or do something to let godly stuff come into your life rather than worldly stuff. You know, in my journey, that's what it took you know I wasn't as a teenager like this this crazy kid I was like I'm gonna go home and read the Bible for 10 hours a day and I'm gonna grow closer with God I'll be honest with you there's even times now that's like I fight just to hang out with him because the world pulls at my heart too much but you know what really transformed my life was when I started realizing the influences I had in my life and my friends and how they're pulling me away from God And I went to this this conference called Christ in Youth, and it happened to be local that that summer at Geneva. And uh, we went there, and that transformed my life. And then there was also this crazy Christian band that was there that was playing. I never heard of them before. Their names were Audio Adrenaline. And that's probably the most amazing band you'll ever listen to in the whole wide world. I'm just telling you right now. And I'll tell you what, it was the people that infused in my life, my friends, my youth pastor, an audio adrenaline that shaped my Christian walk, that then drew that passion to get into God's word, that drew my passion to grow more. It was all because of what I surrounded myself with. What are you surrounding yourself with? And finally, we just need to back up. You know. As much as we are locked in the present moment, we get so focused on the here, right now, what we're dealing with, what we're feeling with, what we're struggling with in this moment, that we miss out on God's eternal plan. And so sometimes we just need to take a step back and step back from the present because we get so locked in. We get that, that tunnel focus of what I'm dealing with in the moment that I lose sight on what God wants to do overall. And we need to step back and say, God, what are you doing? What's your master plan? How does this fit in your master plan? What are you trying to do in my life right now? Step back. And I promise you, if you just take those steps to to, to decide to trust him, to pray, to infuse your, your surroundings and infuse your influences more and more with Christian focuses and biblical focuses, and you just back up and try to see God's bigger picture, you will begin to experience God's love. You will. You know why I believe that? A, because that's what he's did in my life. I've seen him do that in so many other people's life. And because God is knocking at the door of your heart every single day just trying to get in. If you just allow him. You know, ultimately we are defined by what comes out of us. It's important to work through this because how we receive love affects how we express love. It really does. How you receive love affects how you express it. And the important thing that we move forward with is not just how we experience it, but how we express it. You know, when Jesus was being questioned on what was the most important commandments by the religious leaders, and they thought they were gonna dupe him right now, he said this in Matthew 22, verses 37 and 38. He said, the most important commandment is this, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment commandment above everything else it's about loving God we're called to love God he says with all of our heart all of our soul and all of our mind this goes back to that triangle he says we're supposed to love God with all of our heart that's the passion That's the excitement. That's the motivation. That's the thing that wakes me up in the morning, that gets me out of bed, that drives me every single day, is my love for him. And why is my love for him so great? Excuse me. Because of my experience of his love for me. It all kind of intertwines together. I love him because he first loved me. Because of the experiences I've had with him and how he showered his love on me, it motivates me passionately to love him in return. That's what happens. Our our ability to express love is based upon our ability to experience love. That's why that's so important. And God, Jesus said, it all starts with the one side of the triangle, your heart. God is the one who motivates us, who drives us to who we are. And then he says the other part, Jesus said, to love him with all of your soul. This is your intimacy. This is your heart-to-heart connection with God, to be known and to know. That's what this is all about. It's opening up your heart to him, to to allow him to completely reveal himself to you, what he desires, what he wants, and what he may be doing. And so often I think that's where we stall out in our faith journey, in our love for God. Why we struggle with experiencing God's love for us. Because we have passionate moments that draw our heart in. But then we don't cross the line of allowing God to be real with us and us being real with him. To be known and to be, know, to be, to know and to be known. To be intimate with the creator of everything that is to be real with other godly people who can drive us towards the heart of God. That intimacy part of your faith journey is crucial. It's crucial. And so many of us get held up in our journey because we stall out there. We're just constantly looking for the next great moment to passionately pursue, to push us towards the next great worship moment. And then when the passion stalls, we wonder what happened. But maybe we need to focus on our soul, on the intimacy part. And then finally he says to love God with all of your mind. This is the commitment. This is the intellect. His word guides our thoughts, not being fooled by the world's crafty ways of deceptions, but, when, but, when they, but, when, but God's word drives our thoughts and it motivates who we are. You know, to put this all in, into a nutshell, Jesus is saying you are to love God with all of you. With all of you. Every fabric of your being says to love me. How much do you love God? How much is that reflected in your life? And you might be saying, I struggle with loving God because ultimately, I'm going back to still your first point, Bill, that I'm not experiencing his love. And I'm struggling with that. And that's just you. We'd love to talk to you and be, with there, be there for you. And walk with that, walk with you through that. Because I know God's at the door of your heart knocking. If you just open up, he will shower his love on you. And it will transform your life. You know, Jesus revealed what it meant to love God with all of me. To love with all of me. In Philippians 2, 6-8, Paul describes what this all of me looks like for Jesus. It's, Paul wrote, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in the appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on the cross. This is all of me. Love is revealed through sacrifice. Love is revealing, pouring out all of who I am for him. For others, You know, the Greek word that's used here for he made himself nothing is a mo- very powerful, powerful word. This word is kanao. And kanao is one of those powerful Greek words. And what it means is emptied yourself. And so... Excuse me. What, what the Bible is saying here, what Paul is saying here is that Jesus completely emptied himself of everything that he is. The king of kings, the one who sits on the throne of heaven, everything that belongs to him, he completely emptied himself. Why? For us. He completely became like us. For those of you who are working through Rooted, on week six, day two of your Devo, it said this. That means that in becoming a man, he gave up his desires, his will, and gave all of himself to those he was serving. That's what it means to give, completely empty ourselves, to love God with all of me. We give him all of our desires, everything that we are towards him. But I bet for many of us, there's one thing. That holds us back. I don't know what that is for you, but the reality is this. Every one of us has that one thing, that one thing that we're unwilling to let go to fully experience God's love in our life and to fully love him back in return. And I'll be honest with you, you have to be real with that one thing, whatever that is. And until you're honest with that one thing, you will never fully experience his love and you'll never fully be able to express his love. What's that one thing? What's that stronghold in your life that's holding you back from experiencing, experiencing him fully, from truly recognizing and experiencing his love? You've got to give it over to him. You've got to make the decision to trust him enough To take that one thing and make you whole. Make you experience his love in ways that you never thought were imaginable. Because when we love God, then Jesus says that then we need to love others. You know, in talking about the greatest commandment, Jesus followed up by saying, and the second one in Matthew 22, and the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. He says, the first commandment is to love God. The second commandment that drives everything that, we do and we are as followers of Jesus is to love others the neighbor that Jesus is talking about is every person that we come into contact with your physical neighbors the people you hang out with on your kids sideline uh sports sideline team your your co-workers uh the person you pass in the grocery store whoever it may be any person you come into contact with is your neighbor and how are you loving them How well do you love those that you come into contact with? And what does that mean to love them? You know, in a couple weeks, we're going to be starting a new series, and I really encourage you to be here. The series is called Love Revealed. The Bible is ultimately the biggest love story that's ever been written in the history of mankind. God loves us and us, our ability to love others. Jesus commanded that as we're talking about today. Yet we live in a world that attempts to redefine what love means and what it means to love others. And through the series Love Revealed that we're starting in a couple weeks, we're going to challenge that, that, that thought. We're going to walk through that thought and see biblically, by Jesus' journey, what does it mean to really love? Opposite of what the world says to, to do today. The love that Jesus calls us to emulate I encourage you to come back as we dig deeper on what it means to truly love. But going back to Jesus' example for our focus today, his love was revealed because he emptied himself completely and fully. How do you empty yourself for others? How are you emptying yourself for others? The restaurant you went to yesterday For the waiter or waitress who was serving you, how did you empty yourself for them? That coworker who sits in the cubicle, two cubicles down from you, who absolutely annoys you every single day, how are you emptying yourself for them? That person you're driving down the street who cut you off and just really ticked you off, how are you emptying yourself for them today? I think every person you come into contact with, as little of an interaction as it is by passing them in the grocery store, we should always be asking ourselves, how am I emptying myself for that person in this moment right now? Because God called me to love. Love is him pouring out completely for me and me pouring out my love that he's given to me for others. And so how am I representing that in my life every day right now? We're defined by love. And if we're constantly just walking around, uh, arguing, or trying to get what we want selfishly, then we have no idea what it means to love. No idea. And we need to go back and realize and, 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 and work through, am I experiencing that love? Am I living out that love? What does that mean? Jesus said, after he said all those things, that in everything that you do, in Matthew 7 do to others what you would have them do to you, for this sums up the law and the prophets. We know this as the golden rule, right? Everything that the Bible reveals, everything that the Bible calls us to be, everything that the Bible says for us to do is all summed up by our ability to love God and love others. It's like a math equation. If you take one and you take one, it equals, come on guys, it's not that hard. If you take one and you take one, it equals? All right, I was getting a little nervous for a second, making sure you're still with me. So if you take love, love for God and love for others around us, then you get the meaning and the purpose behind everything that the Bible is all about. But if you don't love God... And if you don't love others, then you are completely clueless on the meaning and the reality of what the Bible is trying to say and why it's calling us to walk in certain ways. Until you understand love, until you are expressing love, you will never fully understand what God's heart is. That's what that says. Everything is summed up on that. We are obeying the law because of God's love for us. I don't obey the law because I'm trying to get into heaven. You can't earn your way into heaven. Jesus died for me. He gave me grace. That's how I'm getting into heaven. And because of his love for me is why I obey him. You see, ultimately, our obedience to God's truth hangs on our ability to experience and express love. It all goes back together there. Our our obedience to God's truth is what drives us. Our obedience to God's truth is what gives us the ability to to experience his love and to express his love. So how are we journeying with him in that? You know, Jesus wrapped up his love talk in Matthew 22, verse 40, this way. Jesus said these words after he talked about love God and love others. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Everything hinges on love God and love others. Everything that we do is based upon that. We obey him because of that. You see, his love does not diminish obedience. His love enhances the need for obedience. Because love ultimately filters everything that we see. Love filters our experience of love from him and our ability to express love to him and others. This is virtually synonymous with what we see in the Old Testament. Like in Hosea chapter 6 verse 6. Hosea, when dealing with the people in the city at that time, he said, I desire mercy, not sacrifice, and acknowledgement of God rather than the burnt offerings. You know, it's mercy, it's grace that drives us towards obedience. And that's what Hosea was saying here. You see, ultimately, the commandments and truth remain constant in our life. Truth does not change. It never has and never will. What changes is our society and what happens around us. And love is the filter of how we see what's going on around us and how we respond to what's going on around us. Love does not change truth. Love interprets and filters truth into the world we live in. That's what it does. Love is the application of truth. Our experiencing God's love and expressing his love throughout our life Love is the guiding principle that should drive everything that we do, everything that we are, to be the salt and light that we talked about a couple weeks ago in this world. But what's that one thing? What's that one thing that's holding you back? You know, my family and I, uh, we, we enjoy the Marvel movies. And a couple years ago, there was a, one of my favorite Marvel movies that came out, Endgame. Endgame and in endgame there was the big battle at the end and the battle was between the good forces the marvel people and the bad forces that were trying to wipe out the existence of the world and then there was this they they knew we just can't defeat this enemy he's too great we there there's no way and there's one character named doctor strange and he's pretty strange but he figured out there's millions of factors that could happen, how this, could, how this final battle could play out. But there's only one way to victory. Only one. And there in that final scene, Iron Man, he was trying to figure out what's that one thing? What's the one thing that would just give us victory? I just tell me, but Dr. Strange, I can't tell you. If I told you, it'd mess it all up. And there they are in the final scene of the final battle. And Iron Man's trying to figure it out. Is this it? Are we really going to win? And Dr. Strange just goes, there's one. There's one way. You know, I look at our spiritual journey. And it's not much different than that, is it? Jesus came into the world and he said, There's one way. There's one way. And we try to figure out, well, well, God, give me the answer. Show me the way. My life is so messed up. I want to go this way. It just doesn't make sense to me. What is common sense? How do I filter all this through with what I'm feeling, what I'm experiencing? And Jesus goes, there's one way. One way. That one way was that cross. That cross is the representation of love in our world. There's been no other representation offered in this world that has come anywhere close than the reality of that cross. That cross is God's revelation of love in action, the greatest experience of love that we could ever imagine. No matter what you're going through, no matter what you're dealing with, no matter what you're feeling, ultimately there's one way, and that one way is Jesus on that cross. But Jesus said, hey, in order to come to me, you need to empty yourself. Because I want all of you. And until you give me all of you, you will never experience all of me. That's surrender. That's the decision to Trust. And so often we try to go through this faith journey with our inability to say, I trust you, and then we wonder why we don't experience him. When he's knocking at the door of our heart every day. And the reason we don't trust is because we have that one thing in our heart, whatever it may be whatever sin habit, whatever question, whatever f- part of anger you have towards God because of something you may feel that just doesn't match up with what he says in his word, whatever it may be. But Jesus says, empty yourself. Empty yourself to me and you will experience all of me. That's love. So where are you at today? I think it's time for some of you to make that deliberate choice to fully trust him, to completely empty yourself to him so that he can reveal all of himself to you. And then by that, you will experience his love and you'll begin to express his love in ways that you can never imagine, because it's all him. If you need to talk to somebody today about your ability to take that step to fully trust him, please stop, to stop by the Engage Impact booth at the end, at the back, or just fill out on that welcome card, on that connect card, help me to trust, and we would love to talk, talk to you this week about that journey of fully trusting him to experience his love and to allow his love to be expressed all throughout your life. Let's pray together. Father in heaven, we just come to you now in this moment. Lord, I don't know everybody's story that's in this room. I don't know everything that they are dealing with, but Lord, you do. Lord, I know right now there's some people that are struggling in their faith because of the questions we talked about at the beginning of this message. Questions of, I haven't really experienced your love. I don't really know what that feels like. But Lord, right now I just pray that you speak into the hearts of each person that has that question motivate us towards you. Lord God, help us to see you clearly. And Lord, I just pray for all of us to help us to trust you more. Help us to experience your love and help us to express it. It's in your name we pray, amen.